We're on gratitude. Pastor Brandon said, oh, let's preach on being thankful. Let's preach on being. And I said, I'm still trying to figure out how I got up here. I said, no. I said, no. The day he asked me, I said, no. The next day that he asked me, I said, no, last night as we're working on it. How did this happen? I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that one out. It's pretty smooth. I said, Brandon, I don't think you really want me to preach on being grateful. And he said, the Lord does all things at all times, cutie. Maybe it's going to work on you. I said, oh. Okay. So in your bulletin, you're going to find your notes. If you're on version, you're going to go ahead and click on there. You have the same notes that I have. And it starts out, I'm starting out with, not it, I am, starting out with, we must be grateful for each other and let it show. Now, I'm sure everybody in here has heard the story of the old couple that had been married 40 years. And the lady one day comes in and says, you're not thankful for me. You don't love me. I'm going to leave you. And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? And she said, I do all of these things for you, and you're not grateful for me. He says, well, I told you when we got married I loved you. If I changed my mind, I'd let you know. That in my house isn't going to work. I'm pretty sure in everybody else's house here, saying it one time, showing it one time is not not enough. Babies, they thrive on being adored and touched and, you know, loved on and told that they, you love them. That's how they grow. They, it, they, they have a proven fact that some babies who were never shown that they were or told that they were loved, they didn't make it. They didn't live. So we have to have love. We have to have it shown to us. Now, there's a definition in there of appreciation, and it's Thanks or gratitude, assessment of the truth or value of a person or thing, and increase in value. Now, if you change that up, change the order up of those, and you look at the appreciation process that this is showing us, it says recognize the value of a person, you show them thanks, and they increase in value to you. When you recognize it, when you see that the person sitting next to you truly has value, and it may not be that you think, you know, they may have really upset you this morning, or your Thanksgiving may have really been rough, and you, you don't, you're just like, it's just, you're just driving me crazy. But if you recognize that they have value, and then you show them the thanks that they deserve, then their value increases in you. Last night we were driving home. I'm sitting in the back seat with Colin. Keenan's sitting in the front seat in my seat. And uh, I just kind of looked around the car. If I ride in the back seat, I don't know what it is. I don't get, I get to, you know, look out the window. And I saw the moon, and so I showed the kids. I was like, look at the moon. There's a little star, a little crescent. It looked like the DreamWorks. Um whatever you call that, what do you call that? Log, thank you, that's the word. It was just really a fabulous moment. And so I'm looking around at all these people in my car and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm just me. I mess up every day, I, you know, I, and, and I look at all these people that I have, I don't wanna say contributed to life, but contributed to my life. And I think this is awesome the value that they have 
that I, I see in them and what they can give and what they do and not just here for the church but in my family, in my house, the help that they are. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. And it was a moment that I was like, okay, I cannot continue here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it in the back seat and everybody's going to then want to know what's wrong. And I didn't want to tell them. But it's those moments that you look at somebody and you think, you do have value. And I am appreciative of it. And we have to show it. It's not enough to think it. It's an, you have to show it. Now, Philippians 1.3 says, 1, 3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Well, I remember people a lot. And that was one thing that I've read and read and read Philippians. And that never stuck out to me. And then one day, I don't know if the Lord just had it bold or whatever it said to me. Every time I think of you, I'm thankful for you. And I thought, well, I got a lot I need to catch up on. Because everybody, when I think of people during the day, when I'm putting my makeup on, I think of my friend Melissa, who has makeup junkies. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for her. And I have those times when Brennan gets in his car, I think of her husband Shane because that's where we got it. All these things, I, they trigger my, my mind when I use my bank card. I think of Elizabeth because she helped me. Elizabeth, I think of you often. Boy, that thing swipes really good. <laughs> but I have those moments. I have those things, those things that trigger in my mind somebody who has helped me, who has blessed me. When I look at my daughter's face, Colin, there's a lot of face, names and faces that come to mind who prayed with me, who believed with me, who fought with me through that. And those times are the times that I need to be more than just Oh, I'm thankful, but to really pray for you. And those are the times that God showed me that they have value. Yes, you helped me through something just because she's here. I'm not all of a sudden not thankful for those people who helped me. And those are the times the Lord gives us those nuggets, those memories to help, you know, pray for people during the day. It helps me to keep myself in check that I don't then take things for granted, which we will talk about in a minute, because I do that often. Let's see, Second Thessalonians 1.3 says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. That kind of is self-explanatory. It takes action. It takes action for that to increase. Romans 1.8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. Do you know how much we affect the world? I mean, you know, I meet people daily that are like, oh, you know, that aren't from St. Angelo. Oh, I heard about you because you know so-and-so who's, we got a call once from somebody asking about our church because Dallas and Courtney had just moved here and they needed a church to go to. So, and those people who called us weren't from here. So we're affecting the whole world by people that we know, by things that we do. And that is showing, that right there is showing your life. You right here, you're sitting here in these wonderful, beautiful purple chairs, affecting the world. Cornelius is affecting the world. That's going to be on Facebook later on today, just so you know. Oh, yes. 
I can't not have that. I got to watch it over and over. That's just hilarious. When it comes to being grateful for the people in our lives, too much is not enough. Now, this is my turn to get the story straight. Pastor Brennan has always told this story. It's been quite a few years ago. We were at Christmas at his mom's house. And one of my favorite candies is millionaires. I love them. I could eat more than my weight in them. I really like to eat. Does everybody notice that every time I'm up here, that's what I'm talking about? I really do enjoy it, and I'm not afraid. But I love those things, love them. And there were some in the corner in the kitchen at their house. Everybody had gone to bed. Lights were out. And I thought, I need one more, just one more. So I don't need the lights on because I know exactly where they are. I put them there. So I go over and I make it, my, our bedroom's the furthest back. So I make my way through the air mattresses in the second living, stepping on kids. That's why they'll be fine. I got to have a millionaire. I'm doing this, really trying to be quiet. I really am. I didn't want to wake anyone. You know, that's just what it was. I did not want to wake anyone. I didn't want anybody to join me and eat any of them either. (laughs) Everybody doesn't need their late night millionaire, just me. And so I'm working my way through. And I'm in in the corner of the kitchen, and I'm eating my millionaire, being very quiet. And Brandon comes and flips the light on, and I grab several, and I just shoot out of the kitchen. (laughs) And he says, you're hiding from me. And I said, you scared me. That's it. (laughs) I don't, why were you eating in the dark? I don't need the light on. I knew where they were. (laughs) And he constantly always tells that story that I was running from him, but I was not running from him. I was grabbing and going in case he wanted to share. (laughs) But let me tell you, at midnight, at three in the afternoon, one is not enough. You got to have more than that. So now at Christmas, they just don't bring them because I'm going to fight you for them. I'm going to eat them. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. One is not enough. And that is the same thing with being shown love and being shown appreciation is that you do it once, it's not enough. You do it a thousand times a day, it's not enough. I give Brandon a hard time. One time I called and he was like, yep. I said, excuse me? And he said, yes. And I said, the love of your life is calling and I get, yep. How about, cutie, you're so wonderful, cutie. I was just thinking about you, and I couldn't get any work done because you're just so great. So he was like, yes, right. (laughs) So I hung up, and I called back, and he goes, oh, cutie, hello. (laughs) But it's those moments of, you know, I probably shouldn't have hung up on him, but I was giving him a chance to redeem himself. I was helping him. I was helping him along in this. But it's those moments, every moment that you get, don't let it pass by. Don't let it pass by that you're not showing somebody that you love them, that you appreciate them. Once a day, 
it's not enough. Seven times a day, it's not enough. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it, <clears throat> excuse me, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. We have to use it. If the word says that we have to use it, the word says that, you know, throughout all of this, we have to be appreciative. We have to show that we're appreciative. We have to place value. You have to. You have to. It's just like to be able to breathe. You have to do it. You have to breathe in. You have to breathe out. I bet every one of you, if you held your breath, somebody's going to pass out first because you have to breathe. You have to breathe to stay conscious. And you have to do what the Word of God says to continue in it victoriously. We have to walk it out. It's easy to not. It's easy to get stagnant. We have a river that's by our house, and it stinks. Oh, it stinks bad. And there are certain times that it smells worse than others. And I think something needs to flow through here. It's called life, and life is not right here. And one day I saw this really dead, gross nutrient in there. I was like, see, the nutrient can't even live here. There's no life here. You have to. You have to use the word of God. You have to keep it. You have to do what it says. You have to keep it going. 1 Thessalonians 3.9 says, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? How can we do it? How can we thank God enough for you? How, I guess my question is, is how can you do it enough? How can you thank God enough for those in your life? I'm very thankful for those in my life. I'm very thankful that God has put people there to help keep me straight. <clears throat> but in return, I have to work on how I'm going to remember to honor them, to honor their boundaries in their life, to honor their value, to not step over the line, not take for granted. There are some that are closer to me that live in the backyard, in the little house that probably get called way too much, like last night at almost 12. Lauren, what are you doing? I'm asleep, ma'am. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think she finds that I place a lot of value in her. I'm always constantly, are you home yet? Yes, do you need something? No, I just want to know you're home. What are you doing, Lauren? I'm watching TV. Okay, just making sure you're all right. I, I guess I'm just a mom to two more girls. It's very important. It's very important to show and remind Oh, that, we, uh, that they have value in your life. 2 Timothy 1.3 says, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Night and day. So waking up in the morning being thankful, going to bed at night being thankful. All of those things. It's just a continuous thing. It's just, and once you start doing it, it just happens naturally. You just start you just stick with it. This gratefulness should move us to pray for each other. I have on here that I was trying to think of things that go together. Gratefulness and prayer go together like peanut butter and jelly. Milk and cookies. A new person matching shoes. I'm not sad about that. 
But those things that get your mind thinking of how those things, being grateful and prayer, go together. Brooklyn and her black hat, those two things go together. You don't see one without the other. First thing in the morning, the hat's on. Last thing at night, that's like Pastor Brandon and his shoes. Puts his shoes on before he gets out of bed. He takes them off as he's getting in the bed. It's just one of those things. It goes together. It's, it's just how it works. At our house, we have quite a few of those things. Ephesians 1.16 says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. It just happens. It just goes. Colossians 1.3 says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. I'm thankful to the Lord that he brought all of y'all in my life. And I do have to thank him regularly for that, for doing that for us, for doing that for Pastor Brandon and I, that all of y'all are here and you're walking this walk with us, for our families that he has given to us, my mother, I'm all constantly having to remind myself. How many of y'all really have to remind yourself that you're thankful for those parents? Even when you're older and they're still trying to parent you. We got there to Thanksgiving. My mom started telling me something. I was like, you do know I'm 37. I'm just reminding you. And she said, yes, I do. And that hurts my feelings that you're 37. I said, it hurts mine too. (laughs) Didn't hurt yours near as much as it hurts mine. (laughs) And I know one day, Keenan's going to look at me and say, Mom, you do know I'm 37. And I'm going to say, how are you 37 and I'm 37? (laughs) How does that work? Oh, Love will keep us thankful even when others don't treat us quite right. Now, this is the one I really struggled with. I really told Brandon, I don't think I'm the one who should preach this. I'm a very justified person. If you wrong me, I want to wrong you back. I have people who pray with me about this and remind me regularly that this is not the way to act. I will be saved. Let's see. I'm. I've been married. I will be married 18 years at the end of December. So I've been saved 18 years because I got saved right before we got married. I had to get saved so Brian would like look at me, or acknowledge that he would admit that he had looked at me. That's pretty much what it was. But that's okay because I got two great guys. I got Jesus, and I got Brian. So, yes, I came. I conquered, and I went home. Anyways, I'm a very justified person in what I do. If you can ask my kids, if I get hurt, everybody wants to come to me, are you okay? And everybody's learned. Don't go, don't go. I get hit in the face at a park once with basketball. I believe I was pregnant with Carson at the time. And uh, Keenan runs over there and all the kids are, and he was like, don't touch her. She'll punch you back. It's true. It's true. I just come out swinging before I even realize what I'm doing, and then I have to stop myself. Brennan's gotten punched several times and blamed for hurting me. (laughs) If he throws his arm up to protect himself, it's all over. You have to. (laughs) It's the rule. (laughs) The rule is I get to punch him back. Now, 
the, our natural response has always been, we're born this way, is to return evil for evil. And when I was young, 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 and I still say this to this day, um, we didn't meet my dad until I was 20 and pregnant with Keenan. My parents divorced when I was three, and I didn't see him again after I was five. And so he shows up at our house, and he's, you know, telling me pretty much his side of the story as to why I didn't see him for the last, what is that, 15 years, you know. And so one day, or he was telling us the story of one time they were driving down the road, and, you know, back then you didn't have to sit in car seats, you didn't have to have seat belts, and so I was perched up on the little, they had a, Trans Am or a Firebird or some little thing that looked like a Corvette, but it wasn't a vet. Anyways, and I'm sitting on the little armrest thing. My parents are both, you know, it's perfectly legal. And somebody pulls out in front of us, and my dad has to slam on his brakes, and where did I go? I shot into the floorboard. And so my mom's trying to grab me. My dad's saying not nice words. My mother is saying not nice words. And I come up, and I said, I'm going to knock your lights out. And to this day, I say that. If somebody pulls out in front of us, I did not know it. And, you know, Brandon just looked at me. He was like, not much has changed in 15 years. (laughs) And I said, no, not much has changed. It's a little more. There's a few more words that probably fly with Mike. I'm going to knock your lights out now. They're all pleasant. They're all great ones. I am the most uh, fun person to ride in the car if I'm driving. There's no telling what you're going to hear. We were driving the girls <clears throat> to camp our first year of youth camp. Brandon had the boys. I had the girls in the minivan. Lawrence sitting beside me. This is my first time to drive in Dallas. Okay, I don't like to drive on Knickerbocker. And Brandon says, you're going to have to drive because Lauren wasn't 25 yet and on the insurance. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't matter how old Lauren is, she's going to get pulled over anyways if something happens. And you, we can just tell them, you know, she's, she's old enough, you know. And he was like, no, cutie, come on, you have to do it. And I was like, no. And he's always pushing me, just like today, to do these things that I don't like to do, pushing me out of my comfort zone. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not driving. You're going to have to find somebody else. Somebody else is going to have to drive. Cutie, there's nobody else. You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. And he on purpose didn't find anyone. So that I have to do it. I'm doing fine. We get into Dallas. It's a Sunday evening. It's not really bad, but it's worse than Knickerbocker. (laughs) And I'm driving this rented van full of these precious girls in the back seat. And I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh. And Dallas takes forever to get through. And so I'm driving. My toes are clenched. My hands are clenched. I'm, I'm all tense in my seat. I have flip-flops on. My feet keep sliding out because they're sweating so bad. <laughs> and I'm freaking out. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And this car just, I don't know where, it, I still don't know where it came from. I was watching all my mirrors. I mean, I was really being cautious and going, trying to stay at the correct speed so nobody would hit us. And I'm over there saying things. And Lauren goes, I know you're praying in tongues, right? And I said, Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what's shooting out of my mouth at this point. <laughs> and this car comes flying by, and she was like, what the? And I said, 
where did they come from? And she was like, I don't know, but I don't know where half those words from your mouth came from either. And I said, I'm going to hurt that person. And he, she was like, in, in Jesus' love, in Jesus' love. I was like, no, not in Jesus' love. <laughs> not at this moment. But that's our natural, oh, that's our natural response is to just return evil for evil. And, and, you know, I dare one of you to tell me that you don't do that because I will call you a liar. We all do. You're driving in Dallas traffic. You would probably be wishing you'd been praying in tongues too. <laughs> I'm telling you, we probably should have been. First Peter 4, 8 through 10 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. I'm going to have to put that one up in my house. That's going to have to be like on my mirror. Offer hospitality. We have a lot of people in our house, as it is. When it comes to adding more, sometimes I freak out, but it's going to be okay. Matthew 22 37 through 38 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I automatically think of our direct neighbor, not just somebody who's around me. And that lady is scary. She does not live there. She just owns the house and is... Um, there every once in a while she uses it as storage and she comes out of the bushes at us and she's scary she really is and one day I don't I still it's like the car I don't know where she came from she just came out of the bushes and she's coming over to me and I'm like oh god Carson won't even go outside if she's at home that's how scared he is and he doesn't get scared of much and uh, she she just came out of the bushes at me. And I didn't have time to get in the house or anywhere. Your dog was loose. I was like, oh, is that all? Okay. And she was like, and she wanted to have this long conversation about my dog being loose. I was like, you're scaring me. Go home. But we have to love them. We, and that's not her home, and I really did want her to go to her real home. Get in your car and go away. She, she is scary. Those of you who know the lady who lives next door, I'm sorry. Purpose to speak love and appreciation in ways that the other person understands. There's this, um, I guess it's a book, but there's a test that you can take, and it's the five, um, five love languages. This test brought so much um, understanding to my home, to my household, but at the same time brought a lot of frustration. And it's one of those things that I finally felt justified, but then realized that I was just as wrong as I felt justified. Because Brandon always called me materialistic, always. And um, kind of hurt my feelings. It's like, what do you mean? I like nice things. What are you talking about? You always want to buy your friends gifts. Why can't you just tell them that you like them? Why can't you just tell them, hey, you're great. Quit spending my money. 
I kid you not, it came out of his mouth all the time, and I just feel like I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm not materialistic. I don't have to have things. I like things, but I like to, you know, give gifts or all of those kind of things. And we did the five love languages, and I looked over at him. I was like, Yeah, it's one of the love languages, brother. You have to learn it. And he goes, yeah, sister, touch closeness is one of the love languages, too. You have to learn it. Now, I have a bubble. I'm an only child. I was raised by my mom. She's not a huggy person. Therefore, I enjoy it because I'm not a huggy person. Brandon and his family hug for everything. Oh, you're going to the bathroom. Come here. That's what it feels like. Let me to somebody who doesn't hug. <laughs> and they want to hug you when they show up, and they want to hug you when you leave. And I'm, I, I seriously hide in the couch. This this weekend, Heather, the youngest sister, said, you have to get up and hug me. I was like, oh, God. Now, Steve Lajo has decided it's his mission to help me through this. And every time I see him, come here, I have to have my hug. And I've learned that it's okay, and my bubble is not as strong as it was. But when my kids were little, they learned to come up and hug. One, two, three, okay. It's true. I'm just being honest. And I hated it. I hated it. And and there's people who just want to just hug you right here, and I'm like, I don't want you there. This, This is me. This is my space. This is my air I breathe. You breathe that air. You hug from a distance. I have one of the girls at the school. She's in the youth. We give the high five from far away. That's our hug. Because Macy's going to be all, oh, Miss Krista, all over me. She does. She crawls in my hair. She'll probably pick my nose if I'd let her. She is a hugger. She likes to touch close. And I'm like, Macy, high five. Hug from a distance. And she now thinks that that's great because we have our own hug. I'm telling you, I'm thankful too. But we took this test, and it was one of the greatest things ever because I realized that when Brandon was taking the trash out, I felt it was his duty as living at the Clark household to take the trash out. And he thought he was doing me a favor. (laughs) He was like, oh, I'm going to bless my wife and take the trash out. I was like, brother, buy me a gift. Don't take the trash out. What are you talking about? But he likes, he's, he's. His uh, love languages are touch closeness, acts of service, and quality time. And I was like, I don't need to touch. Taking the trash out is not a blessing. And I don't mind if we spend time together. That's great. That's one of my favorite things, too. But we had to learn. We had to learn what he realized that he had done that all these years. And I just didn't say anything. I was like, way to go, brother, way to go. And he'd be like, I took the trash out. I'd be like, that's awesome. That's awesome. I folded the laundry. <laughs> you all understand. You understand you have to speak that you have to speak that language. But the deal is is that not just with the spouse that you are with or the people that live in your home, but also the friends around you. I have some friends that I've learned that do, spending quality time is a thing for them or an active service the active service is not really my thing i don't think of it as being a you know somebody's high 
on their priority as that would show them that I love them. I bought you a gift. I bought you, you know, and they're like, yeah, thanks. You know, it, it, it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. I love to go have lunch with people and hang out because I like quality time. I like one-on-one. I like to do that with my friends. I like to do that with my kids. I make them come out of their rooms at times and just come sit. And they're like, what did you want? I just want you to sit right here. Do you want to talk? No, just sit. Just sit right here. Just sit right here and be, let's have some quality time. And oh, the teenagers, that's um, a rough one. But I enjoy that. And I know that, that one day they're going to enjoy it too. When we were in the RV, that's all we got. And, and I liked it. And we all grew. And when we got out of the RV, we all stayed in one little bedroom all the time. We'd have this whole house, and you'd just find all seven of us just sitting there together in the bedroom. Just fine. We liked it. It was good. It's good. Everybody should go home and get your family and shut the bedroom door and just sit there and talk. Look at you, Keenan. You know you're excited. And we'll let Keenan do all his funny little things that he does. But those are moments that you need. They're moments, they're life-giving moments. They're things that you need to do. They're challenges that are going to come, they're going to come, they're going to pass. But those who are around you, your family, those your, your close friends, they're the ones who are going to get you through it. And they're the ones that you want to make sure that you don't take for granted. And that you don't look up one day and think, if I, I told you I loved you when I married you, if I changed my mind, I'd let you know, and it wasn't enough for them. It happens. It happens regularly. Now, on, the, um, on your bulletin, there is the website that you can go to to take the test. It'll give you your results right then, and then you can figure out what you need to do. You'll understand yourself. I understood myself a lot better. I understood what those needs were saying, what I needed to do to fulfill them, and what I needed to do for for my family. Allow your gratitude for the relationships in your life to overflow from your heart. And that's just, that's where I'm going to end. Allow your gratitude for the relationships in your life to overflow from your heart. And I'm going to start that with, if you don't know Jesus, or if you don't have a personal relationship with him, it's not hard and it's not scary. I know that when I received Jesus as my Savior, it, it was a little bit of a freaky deal for me because I wasn't quite sure. I was completely... I did not know anything. I knew he was there. I knew that I believed in God. I knew I believed in what he did, but I did not know that I needed to pray. I did not know. I didn't know. I knew a whole lot of other things about life, but this one I did not know. And as I sat in the living room of Brandon's parents' floor in their living room at their house, this was before I was dating Brandon, And I just felt this tug on my heart that this is what I needed to do. So I went home and talked to my mom. And my mom says, this is the going thing, Krista. You should do it. All right. I'm going to be in the going thing. Awesome. I like to do the going thing. My past record would prove it. 
And so I went back, and Ginger and I were friends, and we discussed it. Now, when we were hanging out, Ginger had already known the Lord, and there were a few of my favorite words I wasn't allowed to say around her. And I thought, well, I could give those up this day. You know, and so we're talking about it, and I talked to Brent's parents, and so we all sat on the floor, and they prayed for me. But I didn't know what to do. And when they said amen, I was the same person. I still smoked. I was still struggling with alcohol. I still, I had all these same things. But I felt a peace about my life, which I had not had before. And I felt an understanding that came that before I prayed it, I did not have. And so I decided at that moment, maybe this thing is a, just a walk it out and see where it goes. It's the going thing. What do I have to lose? And it got Brian's attention. And so that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a prayer you pray and you walk it out. And you just see what, what next step God takes you on. You don't have to quit all the bad things that you do automatically. I, you don't have to. He will walk it out with you. He will take you step by step through it. Do I have all of my bad things curved? No. I still like millionaires. And there are sometimes that fingers fly that shouldn't. I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. My kids, bless their hearts, I tried to keep them from it, but they, you know, they've seen me and myself. And it's just a walk. And so we're gonna, I'm going to pray a prayer. So if everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes.